Yeah. <laughs> We're recording. Okay. Talk to me about UFC. Why don't what, you were just saying? Oh, uh, uh, yes. I was watching all the UFC uh, free fights as a G up for this been, weekend. You've been tuning because this weekend we got Till, Till Whitaker. No, I think that's on another card. I think Is that another card? That's the next one, yeah. Okay, we got Usman and Masvidal. Yes. Yes. I watched Fuck. the Usman Colvington Covington fight again. Mm. again. That was fun to watch. I didn't enjoy it as much the first time because I thought, oh, God, guys. Drop down. Let's see some. Let's see some wrestling going on. But I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it the second time round. It was brutal. Yeah, man, brutal. Tough but um, JT, why you you don't follow much the UFC? You're not a fan. Uh, I've changed my approach to MMA <laughs> because Tell. I used to love MMA uh, like in a huge way. Like don't love it. Most anymore. exciting thing ever. It is. But I think when you get around professional MMA and you spend time around fighters and you see what they put in and then you see what they get back, it's not fair. It's not cool. It's not good. These people are exploited and the machine of the UFC sucks. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's one of those things that like, even though the entertainment is great, the uh, concussions and the damage, um, I don't not know, you know, like my mum always used to say stuff to me about like, your brain is like a bowl of soup and she would bang the bowl of soup and be like, that's what happens to your brain every time you get <laughs> hit in the head. I'm like, I didn't care. I have a thick skull. I think I have that Homer Simpson extra layer of fluid, like less, <laughs> less brain and more cushion. Yeah. But so I've taken a lot of hits ahead in my lifetime, but I think the thing is I've seen some guys who are the best in Australia and I've seen kind of what their career has amounted to because of the UFC either wanting them or not. Yeah. And because the UFC didn't give them a shot, they spent 10 years making 20 grand a year as a professional fighter and being the best and never getting an opportunity just because the UFC is like, no, nah, we don't need you. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those I things. I get you. It takes the shine off it when you get behind the curtain <clears> a bit. Is it, so it's a bit of a protest on your, like to, to not watch, like even though you might enjoy it, you're like, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to support that. Yeah. And then also, like I just give it the airtime. I, I wish there was more better people who were fighters. I feel like there was a paradigm shift with uh, Conor McGregor and also uh, Ronda Rousey. Right. I felt like the game changed, and it could swing back the other way. But it's like the towards the, people trash talking more. No, the glorification of the douchebag. Ah, uh, yes. Like, oh no, you're good at fighting, so you can be you can be an asshole. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. I know I'm not even trying to be old school here. Like everybody, well, everybody loves like Nate Diaz, right? Like we love the Diaz brothers, but that's, they're not fake. Like that's who they are. Yeah. They are the rawest guys. They will brawl with you in at the bar of the casino. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying they're good people, but they are honestly who they are. In the same way, whatever you might think about um, Khabib, Khabib is who he is. Mm. And you don't, you don't play with Khabib. You know, whereas Connor's like, man, I was just, why are you so upset for? Yeah, it's just business. <laughs> uh, I could, you know, criticize your father, your religion, your brother, called you a coward. Why do you want to kill me? <laughs> you don't play that in Dagestan, you know. Gets and reinforced by the the dollars, though. Yeah, that no, behavior. No. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like it's rewarded because, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. Connor gets the hype. People go to the fights. They make money off it. Like I understand mm. the machine. I don't like it. So no. is, it, is there any other promotions that you feel don't do that? Like I, no, I don't no, no, know no, them no. that it's well, the, but it's, it's there the are circus. other promotions out there. No, 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 it's the circus. It's not. I'm just saying like, 
I've spent a bit more time in the last probably two years working with amateur and professional fighters mm. and seeing what they give because they're passionate and it's nothing. You get nothing. Like, so people go, oh, yeah, why would you do – like, for example, we're just contrasting jiu-jitsu and MMA, say, because a lot of people think that MMA is a progression on jiu-jitsu because, unfortunately, jiu-jitsu is not fully professional. There are mm. people who make money off it, but it's not mm. – the money's not there. Otherwise, it'd be – more popular even more but uh people go oh i'm that like gilbert burns who's gonna fight right oh sorry he got covid so he's not gonna fight i saw gilbert win his first ever world championship against um cron gracie ran a train on cron gracie 14 nil took his back wow. all over him Gee? and it was the year yeah it was the year that they were like oh gracie's gonna win a world championship and i was like Supporting Michael Lange. So Kron fought Michael Lange in the semifinal. And I was convinced that Michael should have got an advantage because I was a fanboy and he's my, he's my dog. That he attempted a sweep and didn't get it. And that was the only thing that happened in the whole fight. Who, is that a, a guy from Melbourne? For uh, no, he's from Alliance. Okay. He's like one of the kind of, he used to be one of the best guard players in the world. And they gave the win to Kron hmm. just on decision. They're like, there was no advantages and no points. Kron gets the win. But it was like, oh, nothing happened. That's controversial. And then Gilbert Burns burned a hole in Cron Gracie in the oh. final. And everyone was like, oh, 14-0, you got smoked. Which is a huge point, like, win in jiu-jitsu. For the final. You like, never see the, that. The Black Belt lightweight final. It was yeah. a, a trash. So I knew Gilbert Burns was absolute monster. And he actually retired kind of from jiu-jitsu after that and said, I'm going to pursue MMA. That was 2000. Well, or 2011. It's mm. like way back. Wow. It's but then he now. came back to like no-gi jiu-jitsu and he smoked Leandro Lowe two years in a row in the no-gi worlds. Wow. Just, he has an insane style. Like Gilbert Burns is so much pace. Yeah. He's insane gas tank and he has, he's one of the fastest guys in jiu-jitsu without question. And Leandro Lowe at that time was basically considered the best, but put him in that no-gi and he can't hold on and Gilbert just... just so I saw that and I was like, wow. So you track a guy like Gilbert Burns who definitely was – is a world champion in jiu-jitsu, great, and has evolved now to maybe be a title contender. It's taken him 10 years to get to where he is now. And he's evolved clearly. It's mm. awesome. But almost no one is Gilbert Burns. And look how long it's taken him to get to where he is now. And the UFC is – like it's just not a path. It's like the NBA. It's like people go, oh, I'm going to But are you, saying, are you saying that it should be, there should be more people that do well out of it? Or like, no. Because I'm in a way, the, it's illusory. The, the rarity of it is what makes it such yes, a pinnacle, isn't course, it? Of course. But there's plenty of people getting into MMA and getting bad injuries and getting long term problems thinking that it's a career path and it's not. Right. Like the Hollywoodness of UFC. Is so heavily sold that it's an option. To it. It's nonsense. It's so bright. It's so nonsense. You when you get your first broken. But nose, they all know that. No, like when people start, it's not like the UFC's out there, um, like driving around in a, in an ice cream truck trying to coax people in. Or no, no, no. Or they, they have scouts. Okay, and they say there's a path. Okay, but I'm saying that like if you go through the amateur ranks, because there's 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 a clear path now. Okay. You go amateur, you go pro, all that stuff. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to like be inherently negative about it. It's just me. Like I yeah, yeah, I yeah. used to be obsessed. It's with hard it. for you to separate it when you're watching it. You're like, it, just, oh. it hurts me even when I see the guys I don't like get smashed, which I kind of dark in a dark way like. We all I, do. I feel so yep. bad. Like oh, you 
you're never going to breathe <laughs> right again. You, you know, like I, the problem is when I see an injury, I see the rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, that's six months. <laughs> you're 18 <laughs> months so right true. there, like so Joey true. with his knee, right? Like, yeah. It, I have sympathy pains for you because I like almost had to reco my knee off a almost completely torn medial and a torn PCL and all kinds of problems. I couldn't walk properly for almost six months. It was so much pain, so many painkillers, just time on ice with your leg up. So when people are like, oh yeah, just pop my knee, you're like, mm. yeah, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, ignorance is bliss. Oh, it's just a knee pop's fine. It's true. Yeah. Let's keep going. I'll rest yep. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dudes, welcome to episode 67, JB Podcast. We got James Tenacity Tomlinson in the house. Jay Tizzle. My guys, thank you very much for having me. I'm so stoked to be back. Oof. And I don't want to disappoint because I know we got hype. We got big hype. JT did a podcast with us way back, maybe episode 20 odd or 30 odd, uh, which was more around the discussion of, of his jujitsu journey, um, being an accomplished black belt, uh, training out of the esteemed absolute MMA in St. Kilda. <laughs> Correct. Right. And uh, coaching at King's MMA amongst other things. But uh, today we're taking a slightly different path. We want to talk to JT about... Um, more of a self-development type realm, which is uh, something that you presented to us when you came on the Jungle Brothers retreat, maybe three years ago or yes. four years ago. Yeah, too something, long ago. Something like that. Four years ago. Yeah, it was wow. before we moved into this gym, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it was it was the last the last retreat we ran actually, mm. um, which was epic. We had such a cool turnout, cool crew. Yeah, we had Firas from Mel- um, from well, no, not from Melbourne, from Sydney. Um, yeah, we had a, a solid turnout of humans from the gym, a couple of outsiders. Was that when we had Ash? Yeah, Ash Jones. CrossFit, yeah, CrossFit Charge, sure. those yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Ed. Yeah, it was mad. But uh, essentially in that, in that retreat process, we go away for like, uh, like a long weekend. I think it was three nights. We went and stayed up on this awesome little spot in the Northern Beaches. And we just train probably um, an irresponsible amount of volume per yeah, day. It's almost overtraining. Yeah. And we do so much fighting, um, strength training, working on the rings. We're out in the water, breathing, you know, all of it. Um, but JT presented a thing to us. Uh, it was a cool little presentation you did, which at the time was called... The big five. The big five. Um, and we're going to dive into that today. And it's evolved since. Yes, it has, definitely. Do you want to give us a little BG on, um, I guess, kind of the overview of what it is? Yep. And, can, and I, can I quickly just segue back to that camp? Oh, yeah. Because this is fairly important in my life, mm. let me say. Um, I when, when I heard about the – when I'd seen the prior camps, I was like, man, I'd like to be there. And then I, like, messaged you and I was like, hey, man, could I – get involved with that and you're like yeah man do it it'll be great and then i was working on this idea of the big five and really trying to cultivate it and there has already been a book published called the big five it's slightly it's <laughs> it's, it's actually fairly different to what i what i'm working on but it doesn't matter all i want to say about the camp two very significant things occurred to me at this camp one was how much i love the jb tribe and what you guys have built here and i felt like part of the tribe and it was Damn, bro. extraordinary. Um, Preach. You went, bro, it just made me love this place all that much more because, like, obviously I get to see you guys. I've seen you guys over the years. Um, and obviously Joey and I have a shared consciousness. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things that, like, to meet your people and to see what you've engendered and then further those lessons was, like, big, very big for me to really cool. take that on board. And I was like, this is aspirational like this is what you want 
to build that like fam crew gang posse which you just don't get in adult life you get it when you're in school or you get it in a sports team or like people that you kind of spend time around for a reason other than your work mm. but it was just like it was just super it's lovely it's so good also meditation so we're on the beach that morning when we're lying on the beach and doing mm. the meditation i was thinking about my life and i was thinking man i've had a really good life and i'm grateful but i felt like i hadn't really done anything in terms of like what have i made or what have i contributed or like i don't know that's i look at my life in different ways and then a little voice in my head said hey man you made a card game and i was like i kind of i did didn't i the voice was like why didn't you make that card game i was like i Anyway, I just came out of the meditation and then I witnessed Paulie run barefoot up the mountain and down the mountain, the mo- one of the most savage trail runs barefoot. And I was, was just Was that like, the one where I was burning the whole time? Mate, I don't... I just, nah, that was your second stab at okay, it. Right. I don't the, even the, know. The burning one was when you did it with just the three of us. Yeah. You, me and T. I don't even know how you did it. I was like, <laughs> this guy, because I was like... Feeling it bad in shoes. <laughs> it was a rocky, it was fucking a sharp rocky part. Trail. Bull it, was and, uh, it was it was inspiring. Oh, thank uh, you. So I was like, <laughs> this guy just has depths of suffering in him, which I I, I, I appreciate. Um, and I made the card game Jugo, which has changed what I've done in the last four years. And it honestly, if I, I I'll be honest, like if I hadn't been lying there meditating, contemplating bigger things maybe the thought wouldn't have occurred to me and I would have kept that idea parked. And now that idea has evolved into something massive. But we won't go super deep into it, but I just want to note that about, about the camp and the value of the camp. That's cool. So it kind of came to you in that moment. Yeah, I mean, like I, it, I had had the... Back I, up to the surface. Yeah, I'd had that idea kind of t- about uh, two years before and then I'd parked it f- for various reasons with life and things happen. You know, people say, oh, why didn't you pursue that idea? You don't know, you just... I just didn't put energy that direction. I just didn't legitimize it or whatever. So cool. It's, yeah, the, it's, be- it's the beauty of the camp. So it's the getaway. It's removing yourself physically from your everyday thing. And obviously you're from Melbourne, so it was a flight away as well, further distanced mm. from whatever things that hold you back from thinking about that. Mm. And then further more, you're, you're actually meditating and you're focusing on yeah. listening to what's going on on the inside. And you don't, you know, you just, you don't have to run your schedule. You just, it's all decided for you mm. when mm. you sleep, when you eat, what you're eating, yeah. what you're training. It's kind of nice. You just become a passenger to yeah. that, which really does allow, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, I notice a similar thing when I'm on holidays to a lesser degree where I start having all of these creative ideas mm. because all of a sudden there's space for them to bubble up. Totally. Make room. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's a little bit disappointing because it makes you realize, fuck the rest of the time, yeah. <laughs> these things are being suppressed. Yes. You know, because there's no room for them. Mate, 100%. Yes. But um, yeah, it's cool you mentioned that. It makes me think I should probably, it's been a big year, right? We should. It, it's important to try to make the time and the space for those things to occur again. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you, yeah. if you guys do it again, I'm there. Sick. 100%. Well, the talk is the talk. Well, was it this year? No, next year. Rarotonga. Next year, September. Next year, September, we're, we're, we've, we've, we've put it out there, Rarotonga. Yes. Cook Islands. Cool. Um, which would be the retreat, which would be probably the biggest one and it would be a week and it would be yep. fucking sick. Yeah. Such a good place for the it. The homeland of JB Tiora. Yeah. 
Yeah. If we knew his 75 middle names, we then could I would spit say, them all. <laughs> yeah. no, no, what do you know? What do you know? But yeah, cool. Thanks for mentioning. Which, quick plug, Jugo is your card game. It is. We now stock it at the gym. Paul, I bought a box. Oh, sick. See the invoice later. Uh, yeah, I want to know <laughs> like how it's all going. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it is a legit card game based on jujitsu that you've created. Mm. Um, can you give us a quick little, like, where's it at? Well, it's Who evolved. Sells it? like, it's evolved. A few people sell it. Shout out to DC Academy in Melbourne. Also shout out 10th Planet South Melbourne. They're my first ever retailers. Look into it. Great. Um, also Alliance Sydney, Adam's getting behind it. And obviously you guys too, which awesome. is awesome. Also shout out our boy, Jake O'Driscoll. He'll become the first distributor in, in uh, Western Australia. Ah, uh, what a legend. Yeah, such a nice guy. But I guess He's the thing man. is this, like um, the essence of it is I'm a nerd and I love, like I'm just a big kid stuck in an adult's body, right? I love playing games and <laughs> used to crush Uno with my um, sisters. And what did I learn from Uno? Uh, nothing. <laughs> How to cheat. <laughs> Dude, I play Uno with Hattie sometimes yeah, yeah. and it's just fucking... It's awful, the, the cheating. <laughs> oh, I yeah, had to yeah, say yeah, that, yeah, I was yeah. you know, I'm not going to play with you anymore. Yeah, you've got to stop them. cheating. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, like, it's basically, it's a great game because it's not linear. So it's numbers and colours and it's totally different to a normal card game. It was actually invented in the 30s by a barber. Oh, who knows? Yeah. 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 Anyway, but if you don't know colours and numbers, go back to first grade, homie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, you, if you're learning, yeah. like if you're learning colours and numbers as you're playing, you know, you're behind the game. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I thought about it and I thought, how come there isn't a jujitsu game? Because we love the game of jujitsu. Yeah. You know, and for the best part, what gets you really addicted is the mental stimulation other than, like, the physical bashings. Yes. And, and it's, it, always, it's always referred to as a game. As a game. And the chess. And the, and the chess, yeah. right? So I thought, the way I look at jujitsu is sequencing. Mm. And that's just my approach. But because I have, like, a bit of an education background, one of the key things I learned in skill acquisition or mental acquisition is the um, the point at which you... Sorry for the leaf blower outside, folks. That's right. As you were, brother. Um, is the gamification. Doesn't matter if you're teaching kids or adults. If you can make something a game, people, once they learn oh, the yeah. rules of the game, they retain it. And that's the thing. Like, the ideas behind jiu-jitsu are kind of esoteric. Like, you're so busy getting squashed, it's hard for you to put thoughts with thoughts. And one of the hardest things is to teach kids. But this has evolved. I just started by making a game. Mm. I had an anti-jujitsu girlfriend, but she loved cards. So I started <laughs> making this game and she was like, oh, it's so nerdy, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because I want to, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I played the like, very rudimentary version of the game, she loved it. Yeah. And she beat me four games in a row. Bang. <laughs> and she's like, I like this game. And I was like, dang. But also I was like, yes. There's something <laughs> to the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made a very basic version of the game, which was based on chance. And it was just kind of guard, sweep, control, sub, roll the dice. Defend, roll the dice. But people liked it. But I played it with Dungeons & Dragons people, magic people, jiu-jitsu people, just people in general. And the biggest feedback I got was one, you need to improve the graphics. And the second one was, it, it needs more to it than just this chance deal. And I knew that. So I started to cultivate this idea of flow icons, which are like suits. The same way you have hearts, clubs, diamonds, spades mm. in in typical card game. The different uh, like guard sequences, like a certain guard to a certain suite to a control to a sub was a suit, which is actual jujitsu. So what you're looking to do is match those suits together. And then you can lay them down. And it's stronger because mm. it's four of a kind, right? And mm. Same with cards. If you've got a pa two pairs, it's not as strong as four of a kind. 
Mm-hmm. Like right. three of a kind is stronger than two pairs, but it's still, yeah. you know. And so it's all about trying to conceptually get people to actually learn jujitsu, but you don't need to know jujitsu to play the game. Sick. And what's been great is I pitched to a large toying card game distributor and they were like, when the first version, they were like, it's a bit early, but the idea is good, come back to us. So I spent 18 months, like a total retard. So for any of you out there who've got an iPad, I got a boss iPad, like big banger with Procreate. If it hadn't been for that, the game wouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, I've always loved graffiti and design and art my whole life. And so it's a great creative outlet for me. Mm. I was there with a ruler on my iPad, <laughs> dragging the stylus across the ruler to make a straight line. Because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I would get a shot glass <laughs> to, to draw, draw a circle. circle around. And then like, and then after three months, I was like, this is taking way too long. I've done like I've three designs. i how to draw a line. So I went in and, you know, it's Apple. They're nice. They're like young, condescending, s- swagged up people and the guy's like oh we've got a thing called line correction just have a look and then he's just like he did a squiggly line and just held the stylus and on the page yeah. for three seconds and it just straightened and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like look it works for circles too and he just went Bleh, and Wait. then held it and it just went King. i was like oh, stabbing heart but i was like all right dope what else can you show me and they're like oh here's the brushes and here's this and here's that and i was like right so in like because I was so focused, I asked like all the questions. And after that session, I knew as much as any of them in the store. Bang. Then I left and I did some online courses through Udemy or Udemy and Patreon and stuff. And just invested money into learning how to do digital design. 18 months later, I redesigned the whole game, like kept the logo, changed it all up and just released the most recent version, which is the Jugo Core Deck last December. And since I've released it, I've sold over 1,500 copies of the game. Wow. So cool. Well done. I've got a US distributor. Cool. I've got a Japanese distributor. We're just working on the Europe piece. And the core deck is white belt. So, look, if you can get on board with the game, it's cool because it's technical enough. But if you're interested, yeah, you can go for the blue belt expansion. It's more technical. There's also a purple, brown, and black expansion. That's what's coming in the next 12 How months. Wicked. And there's also a book because the the card game comes from a story. And so there's the book that goes behind, which is the story of the first ever jujitsu superhero. Sick. And we'll Sick. leave it there. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> two in. We'll play the game later. So have you got the, um, the white belt, the best? The core deck. Yeah, newest version. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, where's it? It's up on the shelf there. It's cool. Mate, um, take, us to, uh, take us to the big six. Tell okay. What, what is it and how? Six? How did it come about? Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, Big Five's copyrighted. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know if it is copyrighted, but it's like, it's like anything. Like jujitsu, you have an original idea, but then someone's like, oh, that's like the thing that like Cabrinha did. And you're like, oh, I didn't learn it from him. I made it up. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's original, right? I came to it um, You come to it to yourself. And, and my sister, <laughs> my sister's so good at troubleshooting any of my ideas. I get kind of hyped. My baby sister's like quite a creative person. She's an entrepreneur. And has her own business. And so if I'm ever like just vibing, I'll just like text her and be like, yo, check this out. How sick is it? She'll be like, uh, is that like these five other things that already exist? I'm like, oh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> just she's burst, good to have. Burst my bubble. <laughs> but she's good too, because if it's original, like Jugo, because I like bounce the idea of her for yeah. Jugo, because I had all kinds of like game. I had all different ideas for the name. I bounce ideas off her. Anyway, the big five exists. But in terms of, it's very different to what I have. And look, you know, I've been a personal trainer since 2002, 18 years. God damn. I've been a personal trainer more than half my life. 
I've done it longer than most people have done anything. And honestly, there, if you kind of filter through all the different things, there are some key principal things that are higher leverage than others in truth. And I've learned this from people who are smarter than me. So Fabio Gurgel, I think, is one of the smartest minds in jiu-jitsu, but also business. Very savvy businessman. And then also uh, Charles Staley, possibly one of the greatest SNCs of all time. He came up with EDT, Escalating Density Training. Strength Conditioning Coach. Yes, and see for the SNC. people out there. Apologies if you're not across that. Fuck you. I mean, that's okay. You don't know what you don't know. It's fine. It's very condescending that you're listening to like an SNC podcast and you don't know what that means. Strength and movement, bro. Oh, sorry. That we, that we teach here. SNM. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that SNM, man. I do jujitsu. I like to see the suffering and inflict it and also experience it a little bit myself. <laughs> Except we wear white pajamas or black pajamas, depending on how you buy them. Um, it's one of those things that, because um, Charles Staley said this in a seminar that I saw, and he's a very smart guy, and he's very humble, which is uncommon for strength conditioning coaches. And he said, um, uh, techniques are many, principles are few. And those were the exact words that came out of Fabio's mouth when he was talking about jujitsu. He's like, a technique is irrelevant if you don't understand why you're doing it, in like what context. Because it's the thing that people are like, oh, this is cool, look at this cool, shiny thing. But it's like, yeah, you've got to have the right tool for the job. What is the job you're working on? And also ask the question, why are you working on that job? Like, why is that a good job for you to pursue? Mm. So I kind of went through all my different things that I've learned in my life and tried to kind of filter through and go, what, is, what are the best things that I do? What are the things that I do every single day that makes me healthier and better? So I'm 37 years old now. I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30. And not that I plan to stop at any point. <laughs> I just didn't think I'd be, you know, you don't imagine yourself at a certain age. And the interesting thing that occurs to me is that I'm fitter, healthier and stronger than 99% of anybody I'm in the gym with in jiu-jitsu or anywhere else. Just anywhere. No, that's, not a, that's not a brag. That's just because I've I'm lived a conservative life, which is based around living in the gym and doing healthy things. So the big five was all about really trying to tap into what I feel is the most high leverage activity you can do. And recently, because contribution is a really important thing to me, I've kind of added a, a sixth thing, but that's to do with memory and learning and contribution. So um, it was previously, um, each category was kind of named differently, but I spoke to a friend of mine and she had said, why don't you change them so they all start with S so they're easy to remember? So you can just go, S -s 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 -s. and I was like, that's actually really smart. Shout out to my friend Jess, who's a physio from, uh, from Melbourne, who has amazing twin daughters. Wow. And when she was pregnant with twin daughters, she was in the gym deadlifting 90 kilos. And this woman is a 55 kilo little blonde human, but a savage, a gym savage. Credit to her. Shout mm -hmm. out Jess. So um, I had to think about the order of the day. Because whenever I'm like worked with clients, worked with people, and I think about my day, what order you do these things in is kind of up to you. But I kind of have a suggestion around how you can do it. So the big five, I think when you get up in the morning, one of the, you can do this two ways because it depends. So the way it's broken down is sweat. So you got to sweat every day. Mm. However you do that, whether mm. you lift, you're doing some cardio or more intense um, stretching or mobility work, you've got to sweat every day. 
for, for a lot of reasons. And, we'll, you know, we'll get into that. We'll unpack that. Still, you've got to find stillness. One of the hardest things for any human to do, and I'll, I'll be honest, this is, this is probably mine, be still. Of mind. Like I can sit there and kind of tune out, but that's not what it is. It's like being able to still your mind without, you know, I follow like more of like a, a Buddhist kind of uh, meditation approach, but it's really just mindfulness. It's just practicing mindfulness. Mm. And, you know, you can get into immense detail on that or you can keep it super simple. But one of the, what I find where people crumble is when you try to make them sit still and shut their eyes and breathe, they can't handle it. They really, it's like people, like myself, it's like me not having coffee. Like, why does this feel so uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. why, why am I not stimulated? People struggle. But I think if you can find stillness at the start of the day, it sets you up so well for being mindful and keeping quality in all your actions throughout the day. Don't get me wrong, there's a great value in meditating in the afternoon and also in the evening before bed, definitely. But mm. I, so let me explain my order. So I say sweat, still, spark. Spark is all about being creative. You have to do something creative every day. I believe creativity is the absolute antidote to depression. Now, there's plenty of people out there who say, oh, but there's heaps of creative artists out there who are depressed. Yes, that's true. But in the moment of flow and creation, they are not depressed. When you're in a flow state, you are not depressed. You are at your kind of, you're in your zone. Like that's usually where people are happiest because mm -hmm. they're not thinking they're, it's, a, it's a, a very seamless connection between, you know, higher order thinking and the body, which is a beautiful thing. However you achieve it, people achieve it in a lot of different ways. So some people are like, well, I'm not an artist, but my mum's like, she's a gardener. She should have been a writer, but she never gave herself enough credit. She's an amazing reader and she always wanted to write a crime novel, never did it. But her creative process is gardening. When she's gardening, she's in flow. She's in ecstasy. She loves it. She's not thinking about the worries of the world and the bills and my irresponsible father burning down the house trying to enhance some electrical nonsense <laughs> in the roof you know that's mm, her that's mm. her vibe and it's, some people it's cooking they get a great mm, like my girlfriend mm. gets an immense satisfaction out of making all the elements juggling all the elements and chopping the food and tasting and that's a creative process mm. so i think the idea of oh you're a creative i'm not that's bullshit we are all creative in different ways mm. and we may not acknowledge it but if you enhance creative activity you enhance your happiness the next thing I'll on that, that preach. is um, scribe. So the reason why I like to do scribe, I do it when I keep my diary. So Joey and I are both writing notes and we've both got our mono journals. Um, for me, it's a mixture of accountability and just structure, ordering my crazy mind. The most important conversation you have every day is the conversation you have with yourself. There is a lot of negative self-talk that we all experience, which is a default mode. It's very easy for us to be negative. It actually takes us more energy to see the positive because it takes courage because you've got to defy your fears and doubts to say, I, I think it'll work because the fear is you'll be wrong. If you go to negative and you go, bah, it's probably not going to work, it doesn't work, you're like, oh, I was right. <laughs> no <laughs> courage in me, not necessary. I'm definitely not going to get embarrassed. <laughs> I'm the pessimist. Yeah, like it doesn't help anything. I think the thing is I think about my actions much more broadly now from a social responsibility point of view. If I'm more positive and I put the energy into being a better person, I give you permission to be a better person. Like if it's a shit situation, we both know it, and I go, you know what, we'll get through it. Like, 
Because we're all here and we're all mates and we'll bloody tell a story about it later. No one's going to die. And you go, okay, yeah, all right. We can take that tackle. Oh, no, nah, this is fucked. It's fucked. I told you it's fucked. No, nah, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. And everyone's like, oh. Mirror neurons are a real thing, right? And um, Mirror neurons? Mirror neurons. So you will kind of start to mimic the, the behavior of another person depending on how they behave. And whoever is the most convinced convinces the other, mm. right? So in negotiation, if I'm rock solid and I'm not moving on whatever it is, and I let you know that you won't convince me, if you're not that like, committed to what this thing is, you'll go, all right, whatever you say then. All right, it's not, worth, it. it's yeah. not worth the energy. Um, but that said, if I say, hey, man, it's not that bad. Yeah, even if it's absolutely terrible. If you tell yourself, hey, this is not so bad. Like just keeping that. Like they talk about pessimism makes you suffering, makes you suffer twice. Because you're thinking, oh, this is terrible. And then when you experience the terrible thing, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so it's double suffering, right? But if you go, nah, it's not so bad. <laughs> In the moment you are not suffering. And then when you're doing it, okay, you've got to suffer a bit. But then you go, oh, actually, it's okay. Mm. You know, anticipation is always greater than the event. So if you make your anticipation, uh, angst, uh, terrible, you know, the invent is whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so much, and this comes from meditation too, it's like projection. If you can go, no, I'm going to get something out of this, even if it's going to suck. I'm, I'm determined to make this beneficial, not just be a victim to it. Like I'm, I'm kind of imposing my will on how I use my mind in this physical suffering or whatever it is, you know? Um, so that's, so scribe, when we come to scribe is the, is the diary keeping. That's the conversation you have with yourself. So, you know, I don't know if you guys watch Star Wars in this isolation. I have um, no. Okay, <laughs> that was a firm no. Unaccept unacceptable. I've never watched Star Wars. That's okay. So uh, the new one, the new ones look a bit cooler though. I so no, no, no. Shush. Okay, no chat. I have. I've watched <laughs> more. Okay. Not the okay. huge. Fan I played Dungeons and Dragons. Is children. that cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool if you say it's cool, right? Like, I mean, you, you strike me and as a cool guy, Joe. I mean, like I never played D and D. We're related. So I think there by association, you're cool. You're cool. Um, <laughs> I've watched it because the kids, the last few years, right. brought me to all of them. Well, my girlfriend and I had a bit of a disagreement. Like I, I care about films way too much. I emotionally invest in films, like so hard. Like I'm in there with all the characters. I know. I got them. no problem with They're that. They're my friends, right? My girlfriend doesn't she, care. She didn't care. She kind of watches it, plays Sudoku, calls her mom. She's like, she's not watching. She's watching, but she's not watching. She calls herself Dory. She, she can watch the same film three times uh, and, yeah. and forget uh, the outcome. Yeah. I'm like, what? I find that really kind of insulting. My like, wife can watch They're movie. my friends. This is their life story. This is their journey. You don't care? She's like, I what? tend to be more like you. I think my wife can watch a, a film and miss the first part. Like oh. if she goes to the toilet, I'll say, oh, I'll pause it for you. She's like, no, 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 that's no, fine. No. I'm like, huh? What? Yeah. No. Like if I miss the, the credits rolling, I'm like, start again. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you want to be in the experience from the, from the beginning because that's yeah. part of the film. It's the vibe, yeah. right? She's, I don't get it. It's crazy, but it's probably it's. A, there's also I find a bit of a. Um, it's less buy when they take that approach. A person, there's less buy-in from them, which means they're not. They don't have to be committed. Yes. So it's kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Yes. Yeah. Right? So they're like, oh, this is boring. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. It's almost leaving yes. the door open for that, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. You guys know me. If you're going to get swimming. If you're going to get wet, you might as well go swimming, right? So <laughs> you got to jump in the swim, y'all. Um, shout out Mac Millen. Um, but I think the interesting thing is, we, so we got Disney Plus. And my girlfriend, when we first started dating, it was almost a deal breaker. 
I said, oh, are you into any films? She was like, ah, oh, not really. And I was like, all right, this isn't, See going, ya. This isn't going well. Because <laughs> I like, it's, you know, it's a bit of, for me, it's a character test. I'm like, ah, oh, can we and relate? And it's probably what you spend time doing. Well, well no, I had a sheltered time. childhood. I, 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 I vicariously lived my life through films like Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, sure. How cool would it be if I could have a whip? And uh. I was like, do your homework. Okay. <laughs> if I knew how to whip, Let's show you what to do. Um, and she said, oh, we talked about Star Wars. And I was like, oh, yeah, classic. And she's like, I like the newer, this is before the most recent. She's like, oh, I kind of like the newer ones better than the old ones. And I was like, bah, who are you, you cretin? It's like, <laughs> the ju- you like Jar Jar Binks? Misa not like the old Star Wars. Oh, God. Oh, I, I might like, agree with her. Mate, that was like, oh, I got a bit upset. Oh. And, then, and then I was like, all right, Sorry, she, she clearly doesn't care about these things. It's okay. Don't get emotional. And so I said to her, look, what if we watch all of Star Wars from prequels to OGs to new guys? And I actually explain it to you so you know what the hell is going on. And she's like, yeah, okay, because she just doesn't have the continuity. She's like, who's that guy? Is, he, is that his son? or is, Are they uncle? Did he die? I, she's just not. And when I actually broke it down for her, she's like, oh, that makes way more sense. I get this. Yeah. And she started the vibe on the whole mythology. She's like, wow. It's like a whole world and stuff. And like <laughs> her whole appreciation for it changed because I was kind of like doing some behind the scenes explanations and giving her little nerdy facts about it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, watching it with you changed the whole experience of what Star Wars is. The force, the everything, because I explained to her about George Lucas and the writing and everything. And she's like, wow, I, I dig it. I really dig it. So this is how we come back to Star Wars and, and the big five, big six. We're on Scribe, right? Scribe. So you know when they're like, oh, the Dagobah system, and they pull out like a little orb, and they click it, and it goes zing, and like a million stars pop up. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's here. That's my mind at any given moment with ideas. My mind is the Dagobah system. (laughs) In a given second, like if I'm staring into space, my girlfriend's like, oh, what are you thinking about? A a thousand things. Literally, like I'm on on a hundred YouTube threads in a lot of different directions. Like that's how my brain works. So for me to be a functioning human, I, I need to write it down. I need to get it out of my head and put it on paper because then I can reflect on it. Because sometimes your ideas are whack. Mm. You know how you have a kind of hypothesis or a joke and you're like, oh, this is going to kill. You drop it and hits dead. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, okay, maybe I'm not that funny. <laughs> I like my own jokes. Same deal with like any of these theories, games, anything. You've got to test out your ideas. It's an experiment. Mm. So... Describe enables me to put my ideas on paper, but it also enables me to be more grateful. I'm definitely much more grateful and much more accepting now because I meditate and because I keep a journal. Because with my journal structure, the first thing I do is I do gratitude before I do focus and organization and to-do lists and all the other functional stuff. Mm. I stop and I think about my life and I go, you know what? My life's awesome. Mm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge what I feel is really awesome and what I love. And that's super powerful. And that, that, that there's a lot of reasons and I can explain all the science behind pain management, everything like getting rid of depression, all that. And then that leads sharply into sleep. So I, even though I journal in the morning, I, I also like getting any thoughts, worries, doubts out of my head before I go to bed. Um, yeah, it slows my brain down and then usually I read before bed. But doing the scribe before sleep is a great system of unpacking. 
because mm. like I, I always say it's a phrase that I've used forever and it's funny humans love a rhyme we love a rhyme if it if it rhymes it's true even though it's not but don't borrow from tomorrow there's a point of diminishing returns doing more at nine o'clock at night is not actually going to make your performance tomorrow better it's going to actually take away from the quality even though your FOMO and your insecurities and your ego you're like oh just one more one more no you've got to stop if, if you're in if you're in, in, intent on doing good tomorrow you go to bed on time so you're going to write some of those down in your journal before you read so you won't necessarily do that then go to bed because i don't think that would work for me because i tends if Get i talk about going. yeah it gets my brain going if i talk about um you know shit that i need to do no but i'm saying you could possibly it's not a to-do list it's my mum and dad will not die tonight. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. I, I, you know, like, like when people, it's like prayer. Okay. So people, what do you mean? Well, no, no, no. It's like, because we all have fears and insecurities, right? And sometimes, depending on your level of tiredness, you're not feeling robust and optimistic. So sometimes at the end of a long, hard day, you can feel a bit, Meh. and you're going to go to bed and you can take that to bed with you. And then that creeps in. So even though you're tired, you're exhausted, and you, your body needs rest, your brain is still mulling. Like, oh, I said that you're wrong. just kind of emptying it out then. Yeah, you literally, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to take the lid off. I'm going to dump it on this page and kind of make a practice. When I shut this book, it's done. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day is done. I don't care. I'm not looking at the phone. I'm not answering an email. I'm not having a conversation with mm. my girlfriend about the phone bill. This is done. Mm. I'm going to bed and I'm going to read to not, to not use my brain in a different way. Mm. I'm going to down-regulate my brain and I'm going to switch off so I can get good quality rest so tomorrow will be a good quality day and I make better decisions. That's, that's the idea behind the order. I like that. So sleep then was number five. It was indeed number five. Right on. Um, and number six, which has come up more recently, well, not recently, but probably definitely the last uh, two years, like since we had that chat, um, is share share because I think contribution is the biggest thing we can do and I, I think I mentioned this before um, it's one of my favourite phrases I got out of it it's called um, legacy uh, it's the 12 things that we can learn from the all blacks oh yeah I read that yeah. oh, I listened to the audio book yeah so cool I love it it's, it's fantastic and it's all about being a good human and it says one of the last principles is are you being a good ancestor because when you wear that jersey, they're like, do you know who wore this jersey before you? You have to do it better than them. <laughs> you got some shoes to fill, right? So in 30 years, when someone looks back, they're like, dang, I want to be like you. Like, essentially, not that it, it, this isn't about legacy. This is, this is about doing the right thing and just aspiring to be better. Not, not, not in a, not trying to impress people way, but just, just to bring yourself back to good qualities of being a human. Con contribution, doesn't matter who you are, it will make you happier. Helping people makes us happy. We want to see good for others, whether they are our close friend or not. When you help someone out, you should feel better about yourself. Like, you did something good there. That's great. And it is absolutely one of the key tools for curing depression. If you give someone a responsibility outside of themselves, whether it's a puppy, a plant, anything it takes themselves out of their own head and tries to put them in the shoes of another living thing, whether it's a human or not. And in those moments when they're considering the needs of others and the thoughts of others, they're not ruminating on how terrible their life is and it is fantastic for building self-esteem. 
Now, there's plenty of people out there who are people pleasers and do everything they can to help others but have terrible self-esteem. But that's different. They're compensating for the fact that they need to be liked and they need, they need that person's endorsement to feel like they're okay because they don't feel that they are okay. That's different. But what I'm saying with the share thing is this is also related to memory and learning. Because I've been teaching jiu-jitsu, I've been a jiu-jitsu instructor now. Like I've been taught jiu-jitsu for a while, but now I kind of teach it my own nominated academy. I don't own it, but I teach there. Kings MMA, shout out. Kings, Baronia, Bayswater, what? Um, Gang sign. Yeah, throw up the gang signs. It's, it's mainly just a mullet. Do me a favor. When you turn to him, just drag that with you a bit. Uh, yeah, so I think it's one of those things. Excellent. Yeah. Um, that sharing mm. has helped me get better at jujitsu. Even though I don't train my own jujitsu more, my fundamentals have gotten better because I'm constantly trying to pitch it and reframe it to beginners. And it's made me think more about what I actually know. Like, do I know this? I actually have to sit down and go, hang on a second. I'm trying to explain this to somebody who's just like, you're talking an alien language to me, bro. So, I don't know what you're talking about. And that sharing process has made me rethink how I communicate and everything like that. But also, I just, I feel good when I share. And I think it's one of those things that like, don't get me wrong, give to charity monetarily. But one of the best things you can do is give your time and your energy and your skills, you know? Totally. And I, I feel like it's one of the most important things you can do as a continuation. And that's what I was saying about the um, legacy. Are you being a good ancestor? Not that it's huge. It's always been in the back of my head. But we are all a context and a continuation. We exist in a moment in time within a context. And how we pass on to the next person, being a thread in the rope, because that's what they have at the um, All Blacks. They have like a, a rope mm. and it has like a silver thread and a red mm. thread and it's all twined together and it's saying like we are all strands in the rope, which is a continuation of our society. And if you make the rope stronger, then the rope continues, right? And that's, that's the idea behind it, that like reach one, teach one, share. And that's like a really important thing. And I feel like the idea between being happy and healthy, separate of fitness, even though, you know, you know, you can be fit, you can be strong, all that. That's good. That's a small piece of the puzzle. And all these things in the big five slash big six, they don't actually take a lot of time. It, it's literally, each of them is five minutes a day. So it's like literally half an hour a day with all these little habits and it can be so epic, you know? And this is the point I wanted to say about sharing and supporting other people. This came back, this is a throwback, but I don't know if you remember, Kevin Durant gave one of the longest acceptance speeches in the history of acceptance speeches when he won the MVP. It went for like... What not, sport? Uh, NBA. NBA. Durantula. <laughs> you know him? That's okay. Yeah, I do. I mean, I didn't follow his career, but... I, no, no, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I watched The Last Dance and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Durant, I don't know. It's okay. Look, I actually... I probably give Durant too much credit. A lot of people kind of hate on him because he joined... Um, he was OKC and OKC were going up hard against Golden State and they would lose to Golden State. And then Golden State... Bought Durant. Right. <laughs> okay, see, we're kind of smoked because Durant was like, he's a superstar in his own right. He's, you know, anyway. Long story short, he thanked everyone in the team. Everyone. He acknowledged everyone. He's crying a lot too. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. like, I don't usually do this. <laughs> but he thanked everyone, man. Americans he, are great with that. 
He, but he's, yeah, he's, like a, he's not a he's a soft spoken guy. He's not a big bold LeBron James kind of cat. He's he's a real he's amazing. Anyway, and one of the things he talked about was like one of the players who's like a, not famous in their team came and put a note in his locker and said, "Man, like we believe in you, we support you, we love you, like we're also happy because because of you, man." Like, and he was like. He was having all these self-doubt issues and all these problems and he's like read that note. He's like, man, that just, that actually turned me around. You writing that note and you putting that in my locker, that cha- that that could have, that changed the whole season right there. Like I wouldn't be an MVP if I didn't get that from you because I was just feeling depressed and even though he's this amazing athlete, right? And so you can never underestimate how those small gestures, it only took that guy five minutes and he's a superstar and this guy's not. He's a workhorse, but that gesture of belief or help or sharing of goodwill, it can make a huge difference to someone. So when I'm talking about sharing, I'm not just talking about like, oh, I have a skill, I'll share a skill. Sharing of goodwill is big. And I think it's good for everybody. So when you go down that list, I feel like that is actually absolutely essential in terms of like things that you should do every day. That's mad. So um, reviewing. Yes. We've got sweat. We've got still. The reason why I put it in that order is because... That's how you follow it during when, the day? When I've meditated in the past, I've, I'll be honest, I've fallen asleep. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to just... If I lie still you or know, sit still... It used to happen to me. You know what that indicates? Too tired. Yeah. yeah. That you need sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying if, like, if it's the first That's thing why you I do... why I never try. <laughs> yeah. Because I just don't, yeah, <laughs> don't expose yourself. Don't get back. <laughs> don't, don't be weak. Um, but like, no, if you've just gone out of bed, it's 5 a.m., Sitting still is not how I want to start. Like, so you get a sweat on. I need to move yeah. my body just to just come back to life, right? Yeah, wake the cells up for me. And it doesn't mean that you've got to go for a run. Like I might do mobility. Mm. So oftentimes, the first thing I do in the day is drink a glass of water and do 10, 15 minutes of mopes just to bring, bring the mind-body connection. Then I'll sit and then I'll breathe and then I feel much more like cells are alive and awake. So sweat, still... Uh, I've got it in order here. Spark, scribe, sleep, sleep, share. Share is like kind of a caveat. So you, you've been writing this or writing something over the years. You've come to to boil these principles down. Mm. How long have you been kind of putting this together? Have you have you always written notes and always knew you were putting this together? Or was something more that came to you in recent years? No, like I think it's for after the camp. I kind of feel like I'm on my way out of the health and fitness industry in the sense that I feel like there are many things that are unhealthy about health and fitness. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of fit strong people out there who are not healthy. And I was one of them. And I still continually fight to be healthier. Mm. Um you know, like the abuse of caffeine, like the always being tired thing. Like the expectation on you as a trainer is you've got to be the living, breathing, inspo, coach, counsellor, can do everything, small business owner. It's all bullshit. You've obviously been following my Instagram quite closely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a, oh. tough, that's a tough ask, man. And I want to be healthier, like in truth. I know I can be strong if I just put my mind to that. I know I can improve my endurance if I put my mind to that. But these things are actually quite minor in the grand scheme of the world. Like, don't get me wrong. For a lot of people, it's a big battle to, to, to stay active and do these things. 
But that's because mentally we subscribe to the current paradigm. Mm. If you can change someone's mind about what is the right way to conduct yourself and, and live your life in terms of, I'm not saying morally right and wrong, I'm saying more like what's healthier, we aspire to be more healthy in this COVID thing, getting people to spend more time at home, mm. cook food, be with loved ones. That's healthy. That's, that's how humans function really well. Yeah. Spending long hours at the office is redundant. It's not, the corporate machine didn't care about you. Economy didn't care about you. It's all made up, right? So I think spending more time for people to cultivate introspection, talk about making space um, to have thoughts, creative thoughts, and qu kind of question what's going on. Not in a like, is there aliens type <laughs> Joe Rogan vibe, like question everything. More just, he could be listening, so just choose your words carefully. Okay, <laughs> shout out Joe. Love your work, but if I was a 50-year-old on TRT, I'd fight you. You're lucky I'm 37 and primed and natural. Um, <laughs> I'll back kick the shit out of you, Joe Rogan. Oh, God. I'm putting it out there right now. I reckon my back kick's stronger. I reckon Bro, my glutes are better. You will meet him one day and you will crumble. No, I'm not going to crumble, man. You'll be like, oh my God, Joe, I'm your biggest fan. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be like, let's get out the pound for pound pressure sensor and let's back kick it together. Yeah. Because by that time he'll be 60 and I'll be like in my late 40s and on TRT and I'll crush him. <laughs> Have you got a back kick? Oh my God. <laughs> Look at this guy. Yeah. Well, how come oh. I don't know about it? We can't if it's speak. It's so good. It's we can't speak. I Did I tell you I was a national champion in Taekwondo? Did you see my splits? I didn't know that. What I've seen you, your splits. What are you talking about? Dude. Can <laughs> we, dare. sorry, we need to just stop this conversation. I'm just really go and hit a bag and I, then I just, do, I do just love pause you. this. <laughs> I did love you. And I have to remember that. Taekwondo now, champ? Yeah, bro. Oh, yes. You got a black belt in Taekwondo as well. Oh, yeah. damn. My kids just started a trial of Taekwondo last awesome. week. They start awesome. officially next week. Cool. Oh, man. Oh, well, we'll do this after the podcast. Yeah, no, it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. You don't know what you don't know. I'll, I'll forgive you. Um, I got a question. Please. Um, so, so it's with a system like this, and I know you've, with a lot of your clients over the years, you've kind of instilled these ideas in them, and it's something that they follow and they've had great benefit from. Tell me kind of um, on a practical level, the, the person that comes to train with you that is um, overworked, got a couple of kids, running their own business, mm. really quite time poor, yes. energy deficient, all of those standard sort of yep. characteristics of a modern um, human who's you know, in this paradigm that yes. we all, most of us exist in. Yes, indeed. Um, how, do you, how do you enact it for them? What are your, what are your, like, your actionable recommendations? One thing at a time. If you can't kind of throw and catch one ball, you're not going to juggle six, right? Some people are already doing some of these things, but to lesser or greater effect. So sometimes it's not about adding things, it's about removing things. That's often what I do. Um, my, one of my favourite books, and I did mention this last podcast, and I, it's so dope because, well, validation, because obviously... <laughs> I'm a smart guy. Um, no. <laughs> um, one of my favorite books of the last, say, five, six years is Essentialism by Gregory McEwan. Um, so he's an English guy, Scottish name, lives in America. And he essentialism is a philosophy on life and how you conduct yourself. And the key tenant of it is less but better. Now, obviously, you know, you guys know me. I try and do a lot of different stuff. But I think what I've developed as a gear is I can dial into something for two hours and then just withdraw, put it to the side, 
now this is the next thing dial in on this i much prefer to do one thing all day like that's what i love because i get in a flow and get a vibe and it's all good but that's not often how you can live life i try and get people to do less if i can like that's pretty hard because you're basically teaching people discipline trying to teach people to say no to certain things which are actually hindering their life and that's the first step that's the first step in making time for stillness um making time for exercise making time for health making time for nothing it's not nothing but the practice of stillness without getting into spiritualism like allowing somebody to just get a little bit of space in there and and go wow i actually feel happier oh it's crazy well maybe it makes them super emotional and it's like okay well maybe there's some things that need to get unpacked there that you don't necessarily have to speak to me about that you maybe need to go speak to a professional and that that will help Mm. because i think for you know i as a young kid i had anger management issues i had to go speak to counselors and you had to not get in fights and had to learn to manage my own emotional response to things and i learned a lot from doing that and you know it saved me as well as obviously martial arts and the discipline of martial arts but the first thing i always try to get people to do is the first thing is scribe because if you don't like okay this is actually funny the exception on this is happiness you can improve your happiness without measuring it it's actually hard to measure happiness (laughs) with that caveat if you don't measure it it's very hard to change so people whether it's their food their sleep their activity their thoughts whatever they're doing we all do it in a fairly mindless way we just do it but actually if you're trying to improve it order it constrain it expand it if you have no way of writing it down there's no feedback mechanism and the accountability is between you and the book is you and yourself so writing it down is the form of tracking yes yeah 100 percent. look don't get me wrong fitbits are awesome like you people do trackables wearables it's fine but when we get back to the memory piece and the learning piece your own handwriting and this is why i don't get people to put it in their phone encodes in your brain in like five or six different ways in terms of the way you perceive the information because it's your handwriting mm. so it goes in as language it goes in as an image it goes in creatively because it's your own artwork in a way like you know when you make a little stuff up and you just cross it out or yeah different things like your own handwriting it will store in your memory much more firmly and mm. people talk about this with like affirmations and goals and things like write in your handwriting put it in your wall but it's that thing of if you can't show me this habit we were kind of chatting about this yesterday joey i can know somebody's uh, likelihood of success or of a single improvement based on their ability to form a habit so if they've never actually stuck to forming a new habit and it can be anything that will tell me a lot about how hard their journey will be to that first win but if that person's already said look i never went to the gym i started going to the gym two three days a week six months ago i'm still doing it but i'm I'm not sure what to do next i'm like right you are primed to make more than one change because they've already shown they can hold one change if you can't throw and catch one ball don't add a second so if i'm working with someone who's overtaxed overkilled big problems the first thing i will do is try and deload them because their mental and physiological stress is through the roof mm. so it's like let's make a little bit of space now you've got a little bit of room here's a new habit show that you can keep that like do this every day for a month or a couple of times a week for a month yeah if you don't do that we're not adding anything else we're going to do this until you do this and once you got that that's the building block for the next and so so scribe would be where you start with that 
Yeah, in terms of that habit formation and yeah, yeah, starting okay. the program, yeah. Gives them an opportunity to reflect on things. And I honestly think this is the single best discipline or the single best habit I have in my life. Don't worry about nutrition, don't worry about lifting weights, don't worry about any of the other things that I've learned. I think they're very surface. You writing down your thoughts and thinking about your life and what you're grateful for is the single most powerful tool that I've come across. Do you have a particular way that you play out your scribing is there a, an order or format yeah 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 i mean look at the moment look it's kind of like you were saying like when you go somewhere and it's organized for you you're going along for the journey that's nice and i find that like decision we talked about you remember you you joey had mentioned this before and it was like uh, you were talking about a, a client of yours it was like oh that's a decision units of decision units of decision which is true you have only so much energy to make decisions in your day when i come to writing in my writing in my journal my, my my diary it's already got a format the mono journal has a format which is three points of gratitude uh, a focus to center you ground you what am i excited about so it gets you optimistic which is really cool then it's got two goals which is actually excellent i believe people set too many goals they set up big checklists it's nonsense two goals and then why it's a, it's a, it's okay I'm doing these things and I'm reminding myself why. Like, like on a real serious level. Not like, oh, so I wrote here in the diary, I want to help my mum with chores. Why? Not to make my mum happy, it's to contribute. Contribute to my family. That's, that's tapping into my values. I've also written, I want to roll at Sydney Alliance because I want to connect with my friends. That's important to me, you know? And you, you're keeping that concept. They say self-esteem is built on the deals you keep with yourself. Keep your word to yourself. Don't break your promise to yourself. And these aren't big aspirational things. These are just things like I care about this and I'm doing it. And you just remind yourself, you know. And then afterwards there's like bits of to-do. And then there's this kind of scribble page where I write down notes and get frenetic and dump my brain. And that gives me freedom because then I shut that book and I'm like, let's go. That's cool. I can be much more. My quality improves. I could be more present for you guys. I'm less scattered. I'm less hype. Yeah, it's, it's, it's better for me. But that said, I don't need this. I can sit down and keep that format myself. It's very much a routine. And sometimes I write more gratitude. Sometimes I don't write about getting excited. Sometimes I write a few things. Yep. You know, you can kind of cultivate. Because as I was saying also, so I don't want to be making decisions when I write my journal. I just want to express myself. Like I just want to be able to yeah. open my brain and get it out. But that whole decision-making thing is like you got to find your sweet spot. For some people, they, they like the kind of uh, flow of consciousness, just write whatever's in my head. And they use that. I just don't find um, that is, even though it's really good for freeing you up, it doesn't help with a degree of action, you know? As much as you could sit there and meditate and think of nothing and think, oh, I feel relaxed. If you don't actually train your mind to focus, you're not actually becoming more mindful. You're just kind of becoming oblivious in a way. But that's the first step. Right? It's just being able to do that. So when it comes to uh, the end of the day when you're emptying the jar of those yes. thoughts before sleep, you could do a little bit more of that at that, that point. Totally. And, and do you do that in, in your journal? No, I do that in the separate. It's in a separate book. Yeah, actually, I'll share with you guys something that I learned many years ago from a psychologist. He's like, draw a line down the middle of a page and write on one side, in control, out of control. Now, this is kind of clever because it's what's 
under your control and what's outside of your control. But it's like it's priming your brain. I'm in control of this. That's out of control. You don't want to be out of control. So what I realized is what's under my control is very few things. (laughs) (laughs) And what I was worried about is a lot of things out of my control, like easily 20 things out of my control that concern me. About five or six things inside my control. And I said, now fold the page in half long ways and you tear tear it in half so you have two pieces one is the in control one is out of control now you scrumple up the out of control and you just throw it in the bin scrumple scrumple mm. ball throw in the bin basketball that's cool last dance i am the scotty pippen of goal setting um and then <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to say michael short you I'm need to talk about. a lot slower <laughs> Scotty Pippen talks so slow. <laughs> He's yeah, so man. calm. I, I, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways, which I think people forget. And Jordan, I'm glad Jordan acknowledges there's no Michael Jordan without Scotty Pippen. Like, Scotty Pippen was the greatest number two, and he just didn't, like, we knew, everyone knew it, but, but you know, jo- Jordan's the main, main event. Um, yeah, and then that's I keep. That's a really cool exercise. I keep, I keep what's in my control, right? Mm. But what I do, I don't even do the in control. I know it's in control, it's in here. I just, I don't say, oh, it's out of my control. I write down worries and concerns. Mm. I look at them, I acknowledge them, I screw up the bit of paper and I throw it away. I go to bed. No way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. That's, that's it's, 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 it seems cheesy, right? It seem, but I'm telling you. You realize the absurdity of the things you're worried about like, yeah. in that sort of process. But, but it's funny how those physical actions of you being like, it's like some Harry Potter, you have no power over me. Expelliarmus. Another one I haven't seen. Oh, get away. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's many I'll of these things. i watch it when I finish playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But I, I think, actually, I think there's great mythologies. Being the nerd that I am and, and loving to fantasize about heroes on quests and things, right? There are some great mythologies and trilogies and all these things, right? And ultimately, I always encourage people to read books, but invariably through fame and media, people probably see the movie before they might read a book, maybe. Mm. The Harry Potter movies are really well made. I rate them. I just re-watched all of them recently. The reason why I've been, been watching all these great, in my opinion, mythologies, trilogies, etc., is to in- tap back into that childhood thing which is what gets you kind of excited and emotionally involved and tension all this because I'm writing a book mm. for kids and young teens. And I'm not trying to derive anything from them other than I want to make sure the story I'm writing can tap into those emotions and get you along for the ride. Yeah, you that's know? a good idea. Try and be inspired by those heroes and those villains. And mm. I love a good bad guy. <laughs> I, f- I freaking love a good bad guy. Do you, um, have you read much stuff by any, or anything by Joseph Campbell? The yes. hero's journey and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. Yeah, you okay. Bet. Not, not that I have, but I know, uh, you know, I know a lot of his stuff. Yeah, but um, it well, seems uh, it's very relevant to that storytelling. A piece, friend, isn't of, it? a friend of mine said uh, he's a big fan of Dan Harmon, who's uh, a writer and also like the mind behind Rick and Morty and and a lot of other great comedy. And he always refers to this thing called the writer's journey, which is derived from <laughs> a lot of Joseph Campbell's stuff. Right. But it's all about trying to teach writers structure. And look, it's, it's for me, without dishonoring the book, it's formulaic. And I don't want to – I started reading it and I'm like, no, I can't keep reading this until I've written my book because I don't want it to influence how I write my book because this is a Hollywood formula. And, right. And it says, oh, look, this formula is shown in this book and in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not trying to be a formula. I'm not trying to get inspired to write this. This is 
semi-autobiographical, I don't need you to show me how to do this. Right. So I started reading it off a friend's recommendation. And the funny thing is, so this is just like a silly personal training thing. I periodized the story. <laughs> it's 12 months with peaks and troughs for dramatic tension. Like he's got to build up to this, like a tournament or like a performance. And then there's a bit of a dip and then kind of builds up and then there's a bigger peak, you know, and at the end of the year is the big climactic battle. You're writing another book? No, this is the, the book that I've been writing. Okay, this is, okay. It's, but what's, nice really, format. what's really interesting in the writer's journey, he talks about the periodization of the first act, the second act and the third act and yes, where yes, tension yes, is yeah, accumulated. Yeah. And I was like, how interesting. He writes it more from like a playwright's perspective. Right. But I came at it <laughs> from an SNC, like you've got to give him time to adapt, certain level of stress. Now you're going <laughs> to wave loading <laughs> for dramatic tension. That's so <laughs> good. It's in the back of my thing. That's cool. Yeah. So have you finished writing this book? No, I am two-thirds. I'm two-thirds and I've done a bit of research on publishing books because I, I would like to write a book on big five, big six and structure it so it's usable. Mm. But this story is burning. It's the characters are in me. I, I wrote, well, while I was away in America <laughs> last year, I wrote three or four pages on each character. Like, So Jugo is the protagonist. He's this little skinny kid, yes. this little pasty kid. He's so skinny. He's got all these problems. He's like borderline autistic. His vision's not good. Uh, his skin's super sensitive. So his mum puts this like 100 SPF sunscreen on him. <laughs> he's a ginger. He's the only ginger in his town. The sunscreen stinks. So his name's Jugo Bell. And they call him Smelly Belly. Because he stinks, right? He wears hand-me-down clothes from his sisters. So he wears girls' clothes. Because they're super poor. So the story's set in like 1991. And it's pre-internet. You know, he lives in this little boondocky tiny town that's built around this big industrial complex factory. And he gets bullied by this, the bully, picks on him every day, punches him in the nose, messes him up. And the, the bully's name is Marcus. And the bully has been kept back. So the, this, this book is a year in the life of Jugo. It's year six. Mm. And Marcus, the bully, has been held back in year six for three years. This is third year, <laughs> year six. He's huge. He's freaking great. hench. That's great. <laughs> He's a grown-ass man and he boxes. So it's, for, uh, it's written for teenagers, young teenagers? It's yeah, it's written for kind of grade six to eight, something in that vicinity. But I think adults could vibe it. And it's, it's all <laughs> about like uh, – so The Librarian is actually based on Michelle Nicolini, who's a seven-time world champion, um, just fugitive babe. I, I, I crushed on her a little bit early in my jiu-jitsu <laughs> career and I met her and she toe-holed the hell out of me. <laughs> Sick. Just owned me. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah, you're awesome. And she's like within the first 30 seconds was like, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and I was like, cool. I just want to roll, man. I'm not, I'm not going to fill you up. And she's toe-holed. Ah, okay. <laughs> I just tapped multiple, multiple times. But anyway, so the librarian is um, the jiu-jitsu teacher, but it's a little shitty town. And it's a footy town and no one cares about martial arts. So she just teaches Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the community college. This is pre-UFC, like it's set, so no one cares about. She moved to this town because her husband was an engineer. They're Brazilian, right? He got this job in this boss town. Wait, you're talking about the story now? You're talking about Michelle? No, I'm talking about the story. <laughs> okay, cool. Back the the character is based on Michelle Nicolini. Okay. This has nothing to do with Michelle's life, but the character, if you're envisioning the librarian, is Michelle Nicolini. Right on. Like kind of hot, super deadly very humble, friendly, nice person. Um, so her husband dies in an industrial accident. So she's widowed. So she kind of adopts the kids in the school as her, as her kids. 
and she's a librarian and she teaches jujitsu at the community college. Nice backstory. The only people who do it are young kids and old people. It's not popular. People just play footy. Mm. Right? I grew up in Penrith. It's kind of <laughs> referential. Anyway, she says to Jugo, you should learn jujitsu. It'll You could beat the bully. I see you getting beat up all the time. You just stick your head in those books. You've got to learn to defend yourself. Come learn jujitsu. It'll change your life. And so he, the thing about Jugo, which people don't know, he's the smartest kid of all time. He has total recall. So anything he learned, he can never forget. Even watching, he can learn from watching. So he learns all of jujitsu in three months. He's basically a black belt in three months. He then beats Marcus the bully with jujitsu. And then Marcus is like, dang, I've been bashing this kid his whole life. And he just beat me. It's like, I've got to learn this. So he says to him, hey man, can I come to jujitsu? Could I learn it? It's like, yeah, dude, you can come to jiu-jitsu. But Marcus isn't the genius or not the like freak that Jugo is. Mm-hmm. So Jugo invents a card game to teach Marcus how to do it. <laughs> and that is part of the story. That is so cool. Jugo is born. Jugo is born. Word is born, so, y'all. Shout out. Queens, Brooklyn. Peace. So you're two thirds away into that book. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming into like pretty dramatic end of it because oh, there's dude. a whole other element to it, which is epic. I don't know if we want to touch on this. Mate, um, no. we're going to call it there actually. Good. good because good, I think um, I don't want to take away from what the original track. Yeah. And I think that gives us something nice to touch on next time we catch up. Yeah, cool. Um, on that big six piece, um, you mentioned the, the actionable piece for folks was they could start writing straight away. Yes. That's something. Definitely. Um, can you give us, tell us where people can get, say, the journal you use. Maybe give that a little shout out. And then where folks can get in touch with you. Definitely. So if people want to start with journaling, um, like I said, I love the mono journal and that's done by a good friend of mine called Toby Ferrucci, one of the loveliest guys I've ever met, Olympic lifter, super strong, super nice guy, great design of mind. The Instagram handle is at Thrive Daily. That's how you can get yourself a mono journal. They've got new ones coming out. It's super good. Um, so definitely check out at Thrive Daily. And it's basically like personal training for journal keeping. There's lots of instruction in there. There's lots of structure. Guidance. Easy, yeah. But it inspo. Sh- shows you how to do it. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, I think if you've never done it before, that helps. Um, look, I haven't put big time and energy. I mean, I've basically written 20 to, 20 to 40 pages on each of those subject matters with related science that I've been sourcing, like different things that I reference in a folder. And since we spoke, I hadn't put a lot of time into it because I put the way I put time into it, I'll be honest. And I was saying this to Joey on the way here. One of the things that I dislike most in other people is talk without action. I don't mind people talking a big game if they do the thing, right? But I hate it when people just, they want to tell you what they're about, but they, then their actions are just lacking. Because it's also what I dislike in myself. <laughs> the times yeah. when I have my most self-loathing is, oh, man, I just talked a whole bunch there and, don't feel like I'm living up to that, you know? So what I've done is just tried to live these things as thoroughly as I can. And, and being healthier is the biggest thing. That's why I've backed off my caffeine intake. That's why I'm sleeping more. And that's why I've, I, I've made this decision to kind of step back from the health and fitness industry. Not, not, not because I, I've got a problem with it. I need to be healthier. I don't need to be fitter. Yes, I'm, I, for my personal... Um, standards i need a certain level of fitness and strength and to be good at jujitsu and be a good leader in my own community mm. bulletproof for bjj mm. jujitsu etc but i'm not trying to do the popularity contest thing because it's just not healthy man 
And and I, I want to be a good example of that. So when people say, hey, actually, man, you, yeah, you're a healthy guy. Like that's, I know that's not like big and sexy, but like, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing those things. And so in terms of finding more about like big five, big six, a lot of my actions in the next two to three years are going to be playing that out, playing that out, and saying, yeah, this is good for you. And 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 I will. I, the the foundation for the manuscript of the book is there. But I've got to write that Jugo story first, baby. Man, hmm. get it done. I really would like to see the big six. I really like how, how you boiled all that stuff down and you articulate it pretty well. And some of the things, well, all of the things I can resonate with in my own way. And I've, I've seen them before and things that, you, that work for me. I'd love to see it in, in, in hard copy back Man. to back. No, that's, that's my goal because like I, uh, to truly live those things like, the share element, the contribution element. Mm. I want to be able to have something where I can like give it to you and be like, you know what? If you're interested, give that a look and take from it what you will. Mm. You mm. know, so that, mm. that way I don't have to waste your time or, you know, I can, I've got something I can refer to and then I can get on with actually helping people. You know, that, that would be the best use of my time. That's sick, man. You know? And the Jugo story, can't wait to read it to my son. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Daughter. I love yeah. that. Yeah, man, it's, it's right down his alley. Yeah, cool. I oh, well, stuff. I just—it's really just a—it's really just a. I'd love more kids to do jujitsu. I wish I found jujitsu. I mean, I did taekwondo, and that was great. But man, if I'd done so jujitsu when I was ten, <laughs> you're about to find out about <laughs> yeah. back kicks, son. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, thank you for coming in today. Thank appreciate you so having much you for having me, guys. Appreciate you, Joe. Appreciate you, Polly. This is awesome. Shame Tiara is not here. Um, cause I would obviously give him a kiss cause I know I would make him feel uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you so much for this opportunity thank you, man. and, um, always stoked to be here with you guys. Legend. Cheers bro. Thanks thank bro. You. Thanks Polly. Thanks to our coffee sponsor Panavore. We actually weren't drinking their coffee today. I'm going to be honest, but I feel like I don't <laughs> shout them out enough in general. And I think I missed them on the last episode. So tree, if you're listening, you're my homie and we appreciate the brews. If you are in the Pagewood area, drop by and ask for a long black and a Joey sandwich. You will not be disappointed. Uh, further to that, if you need anything from us, get in touch at junglebrothers.com uh, or on Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Whatever you need, training advice, online stuff, in-person stuff, we've got you covered. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked the episode, please take a screenshot, post on your Instagram, tell your friends, help support the show. We'll catch you next week. Peace.